It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And this week we are back. Summer vacation is full in swing, and it is the week of June 5th, 2019 for show number 222. And we are going to take that trip behind the microphone with somebody that is, you know, pretty much part of your life all summer long. You hear his voice on television commercials. You hear his voice all over movie trailers, as well as buffers, spots, narration, and of course the newest service, Descriptive Narration, For all of your favorite TV shows, movies, and more, we have Roy Samuelson stopping in here at the show. Now, Roy's going to stop in and talk about what it's like working on a variety of different projects, from television spots, commercials, descriptive narration, as well as being part of such great films like Spider-Man Homecoming, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Toy Story of Terror, and of course, his days working at the MGM Studios as part of the great movie ride and many other things. And Roy's going to stop in and share all this fun with us and help us kick off summer. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, you have the questions and he has the answers. And Aaron's going to answer all your questions before he heads off to Scout Camp in I Want to Know. We also have Michael back. Yes, he is live on location, taking that trip through all the fun history in the parks in Walt's footsteps. And let's Let's not forget Jeremy, who's going to give you all the best in Disney history. Well, of course, just the Disney parts in This Week in Disney History. And finally, we have Dominic's final short leash. Yes, those tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and short on money in the short leash. And this is going to be Dominic's final short leash before he takes a summer hiatus and returns in the fall with an all-new segment here on the show for the first time in over three years. So it's going to be exciting. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire and all kinds of fun. So before we jump into this week's show and kick things off here, jump into June, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and help you make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation to make it the most magical, the most special that you're possibly going to have. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. They're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and they are award-winning and absolutely free so definitely check them out castles and dreams travel the official sponsor of this radio so all vd heads with that said it is time to jump into june it is time to jump into this week's show so let's officially kick off show number 222 for the week of june 5th 2019 and i'm gonna kick it off with a little bit of a happy birthday song just because it is my youngest daughter princess emma's birthday on june 6th so this one's for you emma happy birthday my little princess Some guanks from the outer guanks zoo. They honk and squonk and sing. 
upside down weeps on inside out swings. They do things backwards and backwards they sing. Which means happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. There's a party, a party today, a once a year occasion. A party, it's coming your way, your birthday celebration. The grandest present I've saved till the end. Cause you're the bestest of all of my friends. You're extra special, so have a great day! Walt Disney World, there's a special land of fun in the Magic Kingdom, Mickey's Birthday Land. Come on, Minnie! <laughs> Here we go! Now at McDonald's, you can share in the magic, because when you buy your kids McDonald's Mickey's Birthday Land Happy Meal, they'll get one of five exclusive pullback racers. Mickey and his Roadster, Minnie and her convertible, Goofy and his sports car, Pluto and his runabout, and Donald and his locomotive. McDonald's Mickey's Birthday Land Happy Meal, only at McDonald's. See you real soon! Something like this. Donald Duck back again. Turn up the music, let's begin. Party on party, people, let me hear some noise. Party with Donald, Daisy, and the boys. There's a party over here, a party over there. Tossing Donald up in the air. Now trying to catch him, he falls down. Whoop, there he went, hit ground. Whoop, they went. Whoop, tag Side out, Donald's on the floor, flipping Daisy about. Turn to the left, twist to the right, moving, grooving, out of sight. Donald does steps from the old school. He's no fool, he's so cool. He's doing a dip, but Daisy slipped. Whoop, there she went. Hit round. Whoop, there she went. Come on, y'all. Whoop, there she went. A little louder. Whoop, there she went. Come on, y'all. Whoop, there she went. Louder. Whoop, there she went. Come on, y'all. Whoop, there she went. A little louder. Whoop, there she went. Whoop, there she went. Shaka, 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 shaka
counseling and Donald said, hey, let's go swimming What a duck, uh-oh, he's sinking Let's find a rope, pull him in Now grip it, hold it, yank it, I'm crying at T-W-I-N-E Oh my, oh that's it, just one more stroke Whoop, there, there it went, went. it broke Whoop, there it went, Mickey Whoop, Daisy all day to bite. Who will bring it in? Goofy will, but he tripped on his feet and he took a spill. Whoa. Out of his hands, the whole cake flew. Whoop, there it went. Goofy, too. <laughs> Dan Cockrell, former Vice President of the Magic Kingdom, and you're listening to Diz Radio. It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, uh, With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 222. For the week of June 6, 2019, yes, I said June 5th at the beginning of the show. It is actually June 6, 2019. Yes, my daughter's birthday, Emma, celebrating her 7th birthday, my youngest of my four children. Happy birthday, Princess Emma. I cannot believe out of my four children, my youngest is now seven years old. But anyways, pressing on here in the show, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 222 as we get ready for none other than Roy Samuelson stopping in here at the show. Now, Roy, you know, as a voiceover actor, a descriptive narrator, he's been part of things like Toy Story of Terror, Walt Disney World, Hollywood Studios, being part of the Great Movie Ride, as well as Super Bowl commercials, McDonald's, Quaker State, DirecTV, and so much more. So Roy's going to stop in, talk about voice acting, descriptive narration, being part of Disney classics, of course, being part of things like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Spider-Man Homecoming, and so much more. So I'm excited for Roy to stop in. We have the D-Team stopping in and all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire. So before we jump into that news, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. 
Facebook.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Diz Radio Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney Discussion Group on Facebook as well. Just go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Diz Radio and you'll find it right there or just search Diz Radio in Facebook groups. You can also join our Diz Ninjas Disney Fitness Group, and you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. It is super easy. All you have to do is go to Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, that's D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical, different kind of Disney show. You can find us all over these different outlets. Now, if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait, you want to hear the show as soon as it gets released, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Disney Blue, Diz Radio or Disney On Demand and hit subscribe right there. Super easy, super simple. And if I'm talking too fast, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, find all these links there as well. Yes, you can find everything from iTunes, Stitcher, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find it all right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to jump into the news hot off the D-wire, and I'm going to try to keep news a little brief here. Yes, we're kicking off into summer, but how about parting with the villains at the Magic Kingdom? Yes, if you want to go to Walt Disney World this summer, but you don't want to deal with the crowds, maybe the heat, maybe the long lines, well, Villains After Hours is your answer. Now, this is a special ticket event that's going to get you entrance to the Magic Kingdom at 7 p.m., and you can stay until 1 a.m., so you are getting a lot of time at the Magic Kingdom, definitely at after hours. Now the cost for this is $139 plus tax per ticket in advance. Now if there are any available at the door, that's $144 plus tax right there. Now annual pass holders and Disney Vacation Club members get a discounted price of $109. A little bonus and kickback there if you're any of those. Now more than 20 attractions are open including the Seven Dwarf Mine Train as well as all the rides that tend to have all the different, I guess, uh, you know, long lines like standard, right? We all know Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, uh, you know, all the attractions that always have all the lines, they are all going to be open as well. Now, there's also an all-new 20-minute stage show that's taking place, Villains Unite the Night, which features Hades, Meg, the Queen, Maleficent, and Jafar. So there's going to be a lot of fun things going on with this. I love all the villains, especially during October. October and Halloween and the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. This is just a way to bring it during the summer as well. Now, while there, you're going to have to keep your eyes out for Maleficent because the fire-breathing dragon who slithers her way to the streets of the Magic Kingdom is going to be out as well. So get ready to party with the villains at the Magic Kingdom with Villains After Hours. Now, moving right along here, let's get into the small screen and away from the parks just for a minute and getting to know Disney's new animated series, Amphibia. Now, Amphibia is Disney's new animated series from Annie Award-winning Matt Braley, who you may know from Gravity Falls, one of our favorites, Steven Universe, and Big City Greens. And it's all set to debut Monday, June 17th at 10 a.m. on the Disney Channel and the Disney Now app. But since the world of Amphibia is a fun, fantastic place, it is all new to viewers. It is brand new, and it is going to be fun. And Amphibia invites viewers to join the adventures of an independent and fearless teen, Anne Brunchy, who is played by none other than Disney alum, Brenda Song. Yes, you know her from a variety of different Disney Channel series, including Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and many others. Now, after stealing a mysterious music box, Annie is magically transported to the world of Amphibia, a wild marshland full of frog-talking people 
and many other things. Now, with the help of an excitable young frog named Sprig, Annie will transform from monster to hero and discover the first true friendship in her entire life. Now, Disney Channel has already renewed this for season two, even though season one hasn't even debuted. So that right there is going to tell you that it's going to be fun. And it is debuting Monday, June 17th, with all new episodes airing daily through Thursday, June 20th. From there, it'll go on to a weekly brand new episode every single week throughout the summer. So it's going to be fun. Check it out. Amphibia, yes, from Gravity Falls. Steven Universe, and Big City Greens creator Matt Braley. So it's going to be a fun one. Check it out on Disney Channel, kicking off this upcoming Monday. Now, shifting back to the parks, maybe, you know, summer, it's fires, it's bonfires, it's things like that, but you want to get to the parks and you want a little bit of fun, how about Disney now offering, yes, alcohol-filled Dole Whip cookies? Now, Disney really is the happiest place on Earth, and the family-friendly theme parks have definitely been doing a lot recently to make their parks even more amazing in the experience, especially for those adults coming with children and, uh, you know, people that just want to have the Disney experience for all ages. Now, recently, Disney has offered boozy push pops as well as a wine-topped edible glitter mini ears for parents who simply want to relax with a nice, refreshing cocktail after a long day in the parks, maybe tromping around with your kids. And now they've even gone one step further with the ultimate adult-only treat. If you're a fan of the Dole Whip, yes, everybody loves those delicious, frozen, non-dairy, pineapple-flavored soft-serve desserts that you can find across all the Disney parks. This is your chance to get very excited to hear that now you can get the booze-filled Dole Whip cookie after a long day of park hopping. Yes, Wine Bar George, located at Disney Springs, has made a habit out of creating the most magical adult cocktails that are the perfect way to end the day at the parks. Not only have they created the Dole Whip Frascato as well as the Frascato Mimosa, but now they've introduced the Froscato Sugar Cookie Sandwich. Now, according to their post on Instagram, the sweet treat is made of their Froscato mix with a combination of frozen pineapple, Moscato, and vodka, which means then, then they layered it between two amazing sugar cookies. Now, these boozy treats are available starting this week, but they are going to be fun, they are going to be tasty, and I want to get my hands on them. They did point out that they are going to be making limited quantities of these every single day, so if you want them, you better get in there early. Now, getting back to the small screen, and something that is canceled but everybody loves, Doc McStuffins. Yes, and how about Disney's Doc McStuffins taking over a children's museum of Atlanta? She's one of the biggest stars that inspired countless kids to follow their dreams, stay healthy, and of course, become doctors. Be Reach for the stars. Be anything you want to be. Well, now, But now Disney's Doc McStuffins is setting up her own clinic at the Children's Museum of Atlanta, letting her biggest fans explore her world and learn some valuable life lessons. Now, young visitors will get a chance to assist Doc in that variety of different things, right? As Doc McStuffins' toy hospital is going to pop up and they can explore interactive areas, including the nursery, the pet vet, and emergency room. Along with Doc show characters, including Lammy, as well as Stuffy, who we've had here on the show. We've also had Lammy here on the show before as well, and Hallie. So there's going to be some great people that are part of the exhibit. Now, Doc McStuffins, the exhibit, it temporarily joins the museum's other popular attractions, including other things that they have to educate you about food, gateways to the world, ways to explore the continents. And now this is just a way to teach kids to be healthy, reach for the stars, and of course, Doc McStuffins is always the way to do that. So if you're in the area, definitely check this one out. Explore it. Have fun. And I know your children will love exploring the world of Doc McStuffins live and in person. 
Now, getting back to the parks, how about Disney announcing the reopening for Rafiki Planet Watch? Now, Rafiki's Planet Watch will reopen at Disney's Animal Kingdom on July 11th. Disney World announced this last week. Now, yes, the attraction closed last October as part of the refurbishment to add new enhancements, as they put it. Now, one of those new enhancements is the animation experience at the Conservation Station. Now, the new experience will give visitors a chance to learn more about how live animals have inspired characters from The Lion King. Now, visitors can also learn how to draw Simba, Zazu, and Pumbaa, Timon, and many other characters during an instructor-led animation class. Now, FastPass Plus will be offered for the experience according to Disney and the affection section petting zoo the wildlife express train and many other areas are going to be there as well like everybody has come to know and love they are going to return at Rafiki's planet watch they said as well now other Lion King experiences have been added to the animal kingdom in celebration of the animated films 25th anniversary and of course the live action Lion King hitting screens very shortly here this summer. Now they're also going to have the Tree of Life Awakens projection show, which now featured scenes inspired by the film, and Disney has also rolled out a variety of Lion King inspired treats at the park. So get ready, Rafiki's Planet Watch back open, back in action, and you can gear up for the Lion King's 25th anniversary, as well as the new live action adaptation hitting screens as well, and celebrate it all at the Animal Kingdom. Now, in a little bit more of somber news, how about an Imagineer? Yes, Imagineer Jim has passed away this last week. Now, you're wondering, who is this? Well, Imagineer and Disney Parks poster artist Jim Mickelson. He, you may know him from a variety of different things that you don't even know you know him from. He was responsible for such posters like the iconic Disney attraction posters, including the Country Bear Jamboree, Walt Disney World, the Disneyland Railroad, Pirates of the Caribbean, and more. He created that iconic attraction poster art that you love when you're walking into the magic kingdom you're walking into disneyland and you're like i want to ride that ride it's awesome it's fantastic we all love those i mean come on the haunted mansion art country bear jamboree all of those he created many of these and jim mickelson yes imagineer poster park creator has passed away this last week now pushing along here in news how about marvel studios loki series for disney plus might take place during 1975 uh is kind of the rumor going on right now. Well, some people have gotten a glimpse in teaser images and the logos for Marvel Studios' streaming series that's going to be coming for Wanda, Vision, and Falcon, and the Winter Soldier. They didn't get one so much for, you know, Loki. And that's going to be coming very soon. Well, the official Disney site has posted images from the Investor's Day presentation from April, and they happen to include a promo image for Loki revealing the logo during a great talk from Kevin Feige, talking about Disney Plus and how the Marvel Studios is going to be handling this as part of the streaming. Now, under the logo, there is a teaser image that shows Loki somewhere in 1975, New York City. And, you know, uh, I, I just think that this is just a way to, you know, it might be a flashback scene, who knows, but that's all we know right now. But uh, let's just say, as we gear up for it, it might be going back in time. It might be going back all the way back to 1975, which would put me technically at negative one years old. Now, Rick and Morty writer Michael Waltron has been revealed at The Hollywood Reporter that he's joining the series, and he's going to be writing some of the storylines as well. So get ready. Loki is coming, and maybe all the way back in 1975. 
So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap up news here very, very quickly. Like I said, I'm going to keep it short. Lots of fun things on the horizon. We have more coming from the D-team with Aaron answering all your questions. And I want to know, we have Michael, who's live in the parks with This Week in Walt's Footsteps. And let's not forget a little bit of Disney history with none other than Jeremy. And of course, the final short leash. Yes, with Dominic, his final short leash edition after three years of doing this segment. Fear not, he will be back with something new and exciting, but it's the final short leash. We also have Roy stopping in here. Yes, Roy Samuelson, voice actor, descriptive narrator, you name it, commercials, television, all kinds of fun stopping in here as well. So before I release the reins here to the D-team and press on here at the show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation, making it magical from character interactions, purchasing those tickets, and more. They are going to make it awesome for you. They're absolutely free. They're award-winning. They have bilingual experts and more. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to press on and continue on for show number 222 for the week of June 6th, 2019. beginnings that Lincoln went on to become the 16th president of the United States, perhaps the greatest president the nation has ever had. We pay tribute here not to a man who lived a century ago, but to an individual who lives today in the hearts of all freedom-loving people. His prophetic words are as valid for our time as they were for his. 
And now, the skills of the sculptor and the talents of the artist will let us relive great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Well, hello to all you D-heads. Mike here with with another walk in Walt's footsteps. Now, we're actually going to be doing a, a series over the next few weeks because it is the summer, the 55th anniversary of the 1964 World's Fair. So we're going to be talking about the different attractions that Walt had in place at the 1964 World's Fair that eventually became part of Disney World or Disneyland or both and shaped how we see Disney now. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about one of my personal favorites, something that I I was so happy that I got to uh, to enjoy again uh, just a few months ago when I visited Disneyland, and that is Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Now, if you don't know what uh, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln is, it's a stage show featuring an auto-animatronic representation of U.S. President Abraham Lincoln, and it's been in Disneyland, actually, since 1965. It was originally showcased as a prime feature of the State of Illinois Pavilion at the 1964 New York World's Fair. One year after its debut at the World's Fair, the show opened at Disneyland, where it has undergone several changes and periods of hiatus over the years. Now today, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln is an element of the Disneyland attraction, the Disneyland story presented Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, which opened in 2009. Now, Walt Disney originally conceived the show that it would pay tribute to all U.S. presidents as part of a proposed extension of Main Street in Disneyland. However, the technology at the time would not permit a show on the scale that Disney wanted, and the Main Street extension proposal was abandoned. Now, eventually, the the presidential tribute part became the Hall of Presidents here at Magic Kingdom. Disney's Imagineers opted to focus instead on creating a tribute to Lincoln, Disney's boyhood hero. In 1962, Robert Moses visited Disney seeking ideas for attractions for the upcoming World's Fair. Moses was intrigued by a prototype of the audio-animatronic Lincoln, and Disney agreed to build it. The show premiered at the World's Fair on April 22, 1964, and consisted of a pre-show highlighting the state of Illinois, followed by a theater presentation in which the audio-animatronic Lincoln gave a speech that included excerpts from multiple speeches actually delivered by Lincoln. It ran for the entirety of both of the World Fair's, World Fair's six-month seasons and closed on October 17, 1965. Now, during the second season of the World's Fair, a duplicate version of the show opened at Disneyland on July 18, 1965. The show ran until 1973 when it was replaced by The Walt Disney Story, a biographical film on Walt Disney. Disneyland was criticized for this move, and in 1975, the show was replaced by the Walt Disney Story featuring Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, a hybrid of the two shows. The 1975 version of the Walt Disney Story featuring Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln underwent several minor changes over the years and closed in 2000. In 2001, it was replaced with an attraction of the same name, of which both of the focus on American Civil War. This version closed in 2004, And from 2005 to 2009, the attraction was replaced with Disneyland, the first 50 magical years, a tribute to Disneyland's 50th anniversary, which included exhibits on Disneyland in the pre-show and post-show areas and a film narrated by Steve Martin. Now, the present-day attraction features a pre-show and post-show consisting of exhibits on the history of Disneyland and incorporates several elements of Disneyland the first 50 magical years, including an abridged version of the Steve Martin film presented on a television screen in the lobby. 
Now, the main show features a short biographical film on Lincoln and an updated version of the show. One of the coolest things I found about this pavilion is it is also home to the bench that Walt famously sat on in Griffith Park uh, that dreamed of the idea of Disneyland. If you've ever heard the story, Walt had this dream of Disneyland as he sat on a bench and watched his daughters play on a merry-go-round. That bench from Griffith Park now sits in the lobby of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. And there's all these really cool things. There's some original Disneyland signs. There's a giant Disneyland like model uh, map on the wall. And if you ever get a chance to go, you got to go. And hopefully, fingers crossed, you get to meet Maynard. He is a Disneyland cast member legend. He's a great guy, heart of a cast member, will crack you up, has fantastic jokes. And it's just will bring a smile to anyone's day at Disneyland. So if you're ever on the West Coast and walking down Main Street, USA in Disneyland, make sure you check out Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Thank you guys for coming along with me on this walk in Walt's footsteps. I'll see you guys soon, or we'll take a trip on the Carousel of Progress. The world has never had a, a good definition of the word liberty. And the American people just now are, are much in want of one. We all declare for liberty. But in using the same word, we do not all mean the same thing. What constitutes the bulwark of our liberty and independence? It is not our frowning battlements, our bristling sea coasts. These are not our reliance against tyranny. Our reliance is in the love of liberty, which God has planted in our bosom. Our defense is in the preservation of the spirit which prizes liberty as the heritage of all men, in all lands, everywhere. Destroy this spirit, and you have planted the seeds of despotism around your own doors. At what point shall we expect the approach of danger? By what means shall we fortify against it? Shall we expect some transatlantic military giant to step the ocean and crush us at a blow? Never. All the armies of Europe, Asia, and Africa combined could not by force Take a drink from the Ohio or make a track on the Blue Ridge in a trial of a thousand years. At what point then is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer that if it ever reaches, it must spring from amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, 
we ourselves must be the authors and finish as a nation of free men we must live through all times or die by suicide neither let us be slandered from our duty by false accusations against us or frightened from it by menaces of destruction to the government nor of dungeons to ourselves let us have faith that right makes fight and in that faith let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it Hi, this is Susan Egan, Broadway's original Belle in Beauty and the Beast and Megara in Disney's Hercules. You are listening to Diz Radio. It's a real slice. They'll try to hold you back. They will say you're
My name's Jeremy, also known as the Spider-Pan of the Neverland Podcast to Disney and beyond. And this is Great Moments in History, but only the Disney parts. These last few weeks, we've talked about some of the other artists that worked at the Laughogram Studios in my hometown of Kansas City, Missouri. Did you ever wonder what became of them? Well, if you haven't heard the previous two episodes of Diz Radio, go back and listen to them and you can hear our Disney History segment where we talked about some of the other people who worked with Walt. But today, we're going to talk about a very big name that comes from Kansas City that worked at Laughogram Studios and had a huge career afterward. That man is Mr. Carl Stalling, born in Lexington, Missouri in 1888. From a very young age, he actually was playing on a broken toy piano and gained a love of composing music. And then when he saw the Great Train Robbery at age five, he fell in love with cinema. Now, of course, everything was silent back then. The Great Train Robbery is one of the most famous silent films that you will probably have heard of, maybe, or maybe not. He met Walt while working at the Isis Theater, where he played music for silent films, and he composed and played music for the Laughogram cartoons. So Carl Stalling didn't actually work at Laughogram, but this is a definite big connection. So then what happens when Laughogram goes under? He goes to work for Walt and Roy composing the music for the first Silly Symphony, The Skeleton Dance, and as part of a pair of shorts that he agreed to score, and Carl Stalling even actually dubbed Mickey's voice one time. I don't know what cartoon that is, but I did find that fact online. He developed a technique called ticking that had orchestra members wear headphones to hear a metronome beat keeping them all on the same beat. In 1930, Carl Stalling went to work with Ub Iwerks on Flip the Frog shorts. We'll talk about Ub Iwerks in a later episode. In 1936, Carl went to work for Warner Brothers, becoming the animation department's musical director for over 20 years. From AllMusic.com, Stallings' arrival coincided with the emergence of a golden age of Warner Animation under the supervision of producer Leon Schlesinger, who assembled a crack team of animators including Robert McKimson, Bob Clampett, Chuck Jones, Tex Avery, and Frank Tashlin. The studio's cartoons, the Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes series respectively, heralded a new era of inspired lunacy with a stable of memorable characters like Daffy Duck and Porky Pig, as well as a brand of anarchic comedy far removed from Disney's gentility. With the 1937 arrival of voiceover master Mel Blanc, the nucleus of the studio's team was complete, and with the 1940 introduction of the character who later evolved into Bugs Bunny, the Warner Brothers flagship icon was born. At Warner's, Stallings scored some 600 cartoons in all, in addition to creating their distinctive opening sound effect, a boing achieved via an electrical guitar chord. He also established their distinctive theme songs using Merrily We Roll Along for the Merry Melodies series and the Merry Go Round Broke Down for Looney Tunes. Working with Warner's 50-piece orchestra under the direction of conductor Milt Franklin, Carl Stallings scored each cartoon in about three hours at a staggering rate of at least one a week, absorbing the influences of current pop hits, classical symphonies, and the like, and then quoting whatever seemed to fit over time motifs began developing in his work. Drunken characters commonly stumbled about to the strains of How Dry I Am, Bugs Bunny's frequent appearances in drag were heralded by The Lady in Red, and bouts of hunger were accompanied by the obscure Billy Rose number A Cup of Coffee, A Sandwich, 
and you. So yes, we talked a lot about Warner Brothers cartoons in this week's Disney history, but you gotta take it back to Carl Starling getting his opportunity to work and composing music for animation with those silly symphonies, and even further back to composing music for the Laughograms with Walt Disney here in Kansas City. So when Walt goes to start his new company, he knows he's got to get some music on Silly Symphony. Where does he go? His old friend Carl Stalling, which launched one heck of a career. And face it, you know, we're all Disney fans, but we all love the Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies cartoons from back in the day, right? If you don't love them, then maybe you just haven't watched the good ones. Don't watch these newer ones. They keep trying to make new Looney Tunes, and it just doesn't have the same charm. But go back and watch those classics and enjoy. And remember that the guy, the, the music you're hearing, composed the skeleton dance. And that is how his career began. And that's your Disney history for this week. As a reminder, my name is Jeremy, but you can call me the Spider Pan, and I can be found over at NeverlandPodcast.com, where I host my own podcast every week, where we talk about Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, just about anything, and even sometimes go beyond to Disney. We frequently say to Disney and beyond. We also say to keep your pixie in your pocket, but to find out more about that, you'll just have to check out the show. I can also receive email from you at spiderpan at disradio.com, so feel free to let me know of something important that you think I should talk about in Disney history. Mama, don't whoop, little Buford. Mama, don't pound on his head. Mama, don't whoop, little Buford. I think you should shoot him instead. Bang! <laughs> <clears throat> yes, folks, we only have high-class stuff on this show. Cooper, and their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that piece. Our library is well-stocked with priceless first editions. Only ghost stories, of course. <laughs> and marble busts of the greatest ghost writers the literary world has ever known. They have all retired here to the haunted mansion. Actually, we have 999 happy haunts here. But there's room for a thousand. Any volunteers? Hmm? If you should decide to join us, final arrangements may be made at the end of the tour. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads. This is Eric, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, I hope everyone is having a great kickoff to summer. We're just wrapping up my son's baseball season here, and we're off to Boy Scout camp next week along the Buffalo River. Hope everyone's enjoying summer in their neck of the woods. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Drake Federstein of Detroit, Michigan, and he writes... 
Aaron of Diz Radio. Question about the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World. I love this one so much more than the original at Disneyland. Maybe it's the gothic look. But I was wondering what is the biggest difference between the two when you're in the ride. I haven't really caught many of the nuances. Anyway, could you do a quick summary for me to compare to? Thank you. Disneyland's Haunted Mansion opened in 1969 in the New Orleans Square section of the park. An antebellum mansion on the outside with 999 happy haunts within. In order to transfer guests from the entry foyer into the larger show building, which was located behind the mansion and outside the park's berm, Disney built two stretched rooms, elevators, in which guests would descend below the level of the train tracks behind the mansion facade. While Disney World's mansion opened with the park in 1971, located in Liberty Square, the Magic Kingdom's mansion is a gothic revival style. Guests enter not through the front door, but through a side entrance in the basement. That's because the stretched rooms at Disney World aren't elevators. The floor doesn't move, it's the ceilings that's stretching above you. Disney World's larger show building also accommodates an additional library scene at the beginning and a staircase room. Disneyland does have the Hatbox Ghost, but Walt Disney World has the interactive hitchhiking ghost in the mirrors. The model bust that follow you along the library travel through while on the ride at Walt Disney World. Well, they're in the queue line at Disneyland. Also, Little Leota is located at the end of the attraction in the Magic Kingdom, but you see her while still on the ride. In Disneyland, she's located off to the side of the exit walkway as you leave. And don't forget that there's the Haunted Mansion Holiday at Disneyland. Well, this is definitely one of my favorite attractions at both parks. Our next question is from Trisha Johnson of Oregon, and she writes, Question for the show and the Want to Know segment. Recently found Diz Radio and love it, so here it goes. My question is about the old Disney TV shows. I remember items like Dumbo Circus and Welcome to Pooh Corner, and many from the early 80s era. But I swear there was another Pooh show that was animated. I keep finding my friend Tigger and Pooh, but I know that certainly was not it. And it isn't any of the many direct-to-video movies. Help. Great show, by the way. I absolutely love it. Well, I believe the show you're looking for is The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. It ran from January 17, 1988 to October 26, 1991. The show first aired in January 1988 on the Disney Channel. The show moved to ABC in September of the same year. In 1989, it was paired with Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears and was known as the Gummy Bears Winnie the Pooh Hour. This series also marked the debut of Jim Cummings as the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Well, our final question this week is from Nicholas Quisdorf of Sarasota, Florida, and he writes, Aaron of the team, long-time listener and D-head to the show. I've been part of the Diz Radio family since 2013. I was thinking about the old Country Bear Jamboree. I miss it at Disneyland, but at least Disney World has it. There was an LP for it, which I have, but did they ever release the LP legit on CD or only the bootlegs. 
I would love to get my hands on it. Also, do you think they will ever bring back the Vacation Hoedown? I really, really miss that one. Stay true with blood on the saddle. Well, I do love everything Country Bears. In 2004, Country Bear Jamboree LP and the Enchanted Tiki Room LP were released on CD for a very limited run on the Disney website and at the parks. But good luck finding one because they are impossible to find. I love the old school sound of their record for these songs. It just seems to be correct. And sadly, I think we will just have to revisit our memories of Vacation Hoedown on YouTube. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Gotta get up, gotta get going, I'm gonna see a friend of mine. He's round and he's fuzzy, I love him because he's just poo bear with it. Make a wish. You're about to enter a world of dreams come true. Where elephants fly, teacups dance, and lifelong friends are made every day. The Magic Kingdom. Welcome to a world of fantasy with seven magical lands of timeless fun. Enter Tomorrowland, a world of the future that never was. Rocket through the galaxy on Space Mountain, one of three Magic Kingdom mountains. Then take command of your own star cruiser on Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Across the park in Frontierland, plunge five slippery stories into Br'er Rabbit's Briar Patch on Splash Mountain. Then hang on for a runaway ride on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Anytime you feel like a hug from Mickey, head to the judge's tent and Mickey's Toontown Fair. He's there all day long. Skip over to Mickey's Toontown Fair, the whimsical land Mickey and the gang call home. Here you'll come face to face with Mickey and your other Disney friends. Adventureland, soar to new heights of imagination on the all-new magic carpets of Aladdin. Right beside Liberty Square, 999 ghoulish ghosts await your visit in the Haunted Mansion. 
While in Fantasyland, children of all ages fly, ride, and gallop through classic Disney tales, including the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Magic Kingdom afternoons bring their own special enchantment during our 100 years of magic celebration, as classic Disney stories come to life during our Share a Dream Come True parade. On special nights, the streets glisten with smiles and laughter as the incredible Spectro Magic Parade sparkles its way into your memories. Also on special nights, look high above Cinderella Castle for the dazzling display that is fantasy in the sky fireworks. The Magic Kingdom, where happily ever afters happen every day. Everyone, this is Dominic, and welcome to the final edition of Disney Short Leash. What? It's okay. I'm just going on vacation. When I come back in the fall, I'll be launching a brand new segment. So, it's cool. If you're new to the segment, too bad. It's ending. But, Short Leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation if they are short on time and if they're short on money. But with any luck, you'll be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a great amount of time or a larger budget. And folks... None of the old segments are going anywhere. They're in the archives. You can always get these tips back by listening to past episodes of Diz Radio. Last week, we started a short leash recap, a top 20 countdown, if you will, of some of the standout tips and tricks we have covered in this segment over the last few years. These are in no particular order, so if you missed them last week, we'll do a quick recap. But if you want to go in depth, go listen to last week's episode. Number 20, do not buy a park ticket for your travel days. Number 19, use your travel days to take advantage of the resort's boardwalk or Disney Springs. Number 18, you can make an endless cheap trip out of an annual pass to the water parks. Number 17, eat at quick service and lounges, skip the table service restaurants. Number 16, see characters outside of character dining. Number 15, do everything you think you need to do once, only once. I'm looking at you, Cinderella's Royal Table. Number 14, defy human nature. Number 13, the gauntlet. That one would take a while to explain, just go back to the other episode. Number 12, spoil the kids with ride videos so they're not afraid of the rides. Number 11, give gift cards to the kids to keep your budget in check. Number 10, do not park hop. So let's finish it out here, folks. Number 9, don't get stuck in a Disney rut. Some people I know have their gotta-do-it-every-time stuff at Disney, like staying at the same resort or eating the same restaurants, and hey, that's great. If you like it, you're probably going to like it again. But be careful you're not not trying stuff. We had a few dinner stinkers at the happiest place on earth. Yeah, let's throw another shout out there to Cinderella's Royal Table. When going to a tried and true place would have been a better idea. However, you may be missing out on your new favorite place by always doing the same thing. Have a favorites list, but be sure to try new things as well. We do about a 50-50 split between our favorites and the new. And before you know it, you'll have some new contenders for the gotta do it every time list. And some of the places that you thought were the end all be all are suddenly not so much anymore. Except for the sci-fi dine-in. Always go to the sci-fi dine-in. I mean, you eat in a car while watching movies. Number eight, if possible, try to go at a different time of year. I have time the summer off. That's, that's when I have off. That's it. Summer, spring. There it is. And that's when we go to Disney World. Well, one crazy four-day whirlwind, we ran away to the parks over New Year's, and it was like a completely different place. A theme park themed to Christmas. It was beautiful. Words cannot come close to describe how different and special that trip was. 
That extra overlay made the place we love, but know pretty well, into a winter wonderland, or as much as Florida can try to pull that off. If there's a special time of year like Christmas or Halloween or any of the 54,000 festivals that Epcot needs to throw to trick you into going there, do it! It takes a great time and turns it into a truly memorable experience. Number seven, if you're not going to spend time awake at the hotel, maybe stay off property. We are a park assault family. With a single day ticket now worth, well, north of a hundred bucks, that park pass for the five of us is a time bomb that ticks down at the rate of around 50 bucks an hour. We're going to be in that park every minute it's open, so why pay for a hotel we're not going to use? Number six, don't wait for your kids to grow before you go. I want them to remember the trip. I know that quote. I've heard it a lot, and that's great. But you are going to remember their reactions regardless of their age. A three-year-old seeing Pooh and absolutely believing is real is a parental memory that will never fade. Here's a rule of thumb, and it's pretty good to follow. Can they walk and poop where they're supposed to? If the answer is yes, go book your trip. Number five, the trifecta. Do not believe the advertisements. Other people will be at Disney World while you're there as well. Ignore that planning DVD in the commercials. You will not have the park to yourself. The ads never have that 120 minute wait for Slinky Dog. So here's a trifecta of tips that will help you not stay in line so much. One, fast pass the rides that have long lines all day. Time the rides that have shorter wait times during certain times of day. Frozen, right when Epcot opens. Splash Mountain during the fireworks. You can walk right on. And use single rider options that will have you enjoying attractions rather than waiting for them. Number four, pay for one meal. But I'll get hungry. No, no, it's got to be okay. First, find a hotel that runs a free breakfast. Then eat an afternoon snack in the park. The snack options are often cheaper, filling, fun, and fast. And usually available with little to no weight. Then, an off-hour dinner at a counter-service restaurant. Plenty of great food, little or no weight, and a low cost. Number three, not everything has to be a ride. We've had tons of fun doing non-rides in the park. On longer vacations, we've taken a day to scavenger hunt around Epcot or the Magic Kingdom, doing things like the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. We have played around on Tom Sawyer's Island, chilled on the People Mover, the Railway, the Jungle Treks, and various boats that go everywhere. While Disney World accelerates at the pace you desire. Sure, you can do an attraction marathon and park assault. Actually, if park assault was an Olympic sport, I'm making the team. But there are other cool things and adventures to be had in the parks, other than trying to ride all the mountains in one day. Number two, the deuce! Some things online are dumb. For instance, do four parks in one day. Why? Park hoppers are expensive, and why are you spending three to four hours of that ticket getting from one place to another to spend very little time in each place before you have to tag into your next place just to say you're in four parks in one day? Who cares? What was the quality of the experience you had that day? Slow down, Tex. There's no award for this feat. You didn't climb Everest, you didn't cure cancer, you wasted money and a day at Disney to brag about something stupid. Number one, remember to enjoy the trip. I have found liking or not liking a Disney vacation is all about realistic expectations and your own attitude. There's plenty of stuff that could annoy you if you let it. And there's also so much to enjoy if you take the time and realize you're in a special place with the most special people around you. First and foremost, enjoy the time with the family and friends and don't get caught up in the frenzy. Don't be the angry meltdown family. It's Disney. Short leash or long haul, you paid for this experience to enjoy it. No one called their travel agent and said, I want to be annoyed, let me give you thousands of dollars. Breathe deep because making Disney the happiest place on earth is actually more up to you than it is up to them. 
And that's it, folks. I'm wrapping this segment up. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I would love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions. And you can give me your short leash tips, but I'll be back with a totally different segment in the fall. But I'm at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I can also be found on the internet on Twitter at WDW Plantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. We now have an interactive Disney World Park map with links to ride videos for every attraction. And if you don't know what Plantoons is, my wife and I record a podcast, find two minutes that are funny, and make a cartoon out of it. So check it out. Well, folks, that's it for this week and the foreseeable future. Thanks for listening. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. All of us here in the Magic Kingdom are glad to have you with us on this special day. Whether this is your first time visiting us or your 100th, we welcome you to our family of more than 500 million guests. As Roy Disney said on opening day in October 1971, May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place. A magic kingdom where the young and young at heart of all ages can laugh and play and learn together. From all of us in the Disney family, we hope you enjoy your day here in the magic kingdom, the most magical place on earth. And now, for your safety and the safety of those around you, we ask that you walk slowly and carefully to your first destination. Have a great day. Camera, action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, from movies, television, you name it, over the years we've had a variety of different people, from voice actors, on-screen, off-screen, directors, musicians, you name it. And with us here this week is somebody you know from voiceover, narration, Toy Story of Terror, many commercials, trailers from the Super Bowl, Academy Awards, major brands like Quaker State Farm, DirecTV, Ford, Target, McDonald's, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Pacific Rim, as well as somebody that is a Disney cast member veteran, an MGM Studios actor, and a great movie ride veteran, and so much more. We have none other than the voice actor himself, the voice narrator, the man behind the mic. We have Roy Samuelson here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, Jonathan. It is our pleasure having you on. From everything you've accomplished, from on-screen voice work, utilizing those voice talents, you have an impressive resume. So to start things off here at the show, I love to kick it off. 
always by asking right from the start, what got you started into acting, voice work, and wanting to pursue this as a career? Oh, it's been great. I think uh, one of the most influential things actually comes back to uh, Walt Disney World. I had a, a great experience at a Disney College program down in Florida where I worked at a, a ride attraction that's no longer there called the Great Movie Ride. Uh, they just closed it maybe about a year or so ago. And uh, one of the first jobs I had professionally, if I could say so, is it's in front of a mic and I got paid was uh, the gangster role where every eight minutes I'd hijack a vehicle of about 60 Disney passengers and then uh, get blown up and uh, <laughs> and then do the show again for another, another uh, set of audience members. And I found that each time I did that, uh, uh, that eight-minute show, there'd be some sort of distinction that I could do maybe a little bit differently, a little bit better that uh, wouldn't get in the way of the audience experience or maybe might help the lines come through clearer or talk louder or faster. And each time that adjustment kind of felt like uh, the karate kid, wax on, wax off, where it's like, this was a little adjustment, so I, I kind of credit Disney. And this was your first love and a love for the field itself and voice acting and acting and you name it. And I myself, I missed the great movie ride. I loved that attraction and was so sad to see it go. But after, you know, after doing the live acting and being there, what took you down the path to step behind the mic and want to step into voice acting overall and acting after all of this? Oh, that's funny. I think um, I, I look back and it's hindsight 2020. But with each experience, uh, particularly some of the, uh, what I'm going to call the smaller experiences where, uh, I do an audition or I, uh, I meet someone or, uh, I stay in touch with someone. These, these tiny little steps, um, at the time they didn't, they either didn't feel like a lot at, you know, in the moment. It's just like, oh, this is just someone I'm meeting or this is just an audition I'm doing. Uh, that those things, really did add up and uh, I can look back now and see oh yeah that's how the dots connected but at the time I gotta say Jonathan it kind of felt uncharted there was something that was it was kind of unfamiliar and a, a little bit scary uh, in the sense of oh this is kind of new I'm not really sure what I'm getting into here and like you said it was something different it was something new it was uncharted territory for yourself and it was you know a long winding path to get to where you are now but now that you you know you're one of those go-to voices in the field one of those people that people want to you know get there get behind the mic you know utilize your talents now what was it like when you finally turned on the TV you realized that's me that's my voice and, and it hits you that this is my career. <laughs> uh, it, I think um, there was an Academy Award. Uh, there was a commercial during the Academy Awards that was also during the Super Bowl. And uh, the work I did for it was uh, maybe a 20-minute session initially. Uh, they, they brought me in again and again. But the first time, it was a 20-minute session. And uh, at the same time I did that, there was also another really big project where they brought me in maybe three or four times for four hours each, and they were really getting into the nuances of all the lines and what was happening. And so you know, I put all my, what's it called, put all your <laughs> eggs in that basket, the big project, because I was spending so much time on it. And uh, unfortunately, that big project, it, it so happened that the company went bankrupt. And, uh, I mean, it was in the news, everything was happening. And I was like, wait, am I still working for them? Uh, uh, 
uh, I was literally reading in the news that this company is folded. And at the other, at the same time, this other project, without me knowing it, was going forward. So it was, uh, it was a surprise when all of a sudden, oh yeah, that that little project that initially I just spent a few minutes on is now everywhere. You know, and that's the kind of thing where you know you're in people's homes, you're in their living rooms, and you know they begin to recognize your voice and know your voice, and you know hundreds and hundreds of spots that you've done, commercials, you name it. I mean, over time you've done so many, it's hard probably to even keep track. Now, over time, you know, sometimes it just becomes lines. Other times, you know, it might be something new and different. Do you ever get excited for you know new spots or new recordings or new projects? And you know, does that time come when you're just really excited and you're like, I cannot wait to get into the booth today for work. <laughs> I got to say every, uh, I, I do have to give you a specific answer and I will, but the work that I do, whether it's an audition or a job, I genuinely love. There's a, there's a, there's a passion and an excitement of, of stepping into the booth in front of the mic and, and uh, finding a way to bring the story of the words to life that, just thrills me to it, it's so exciting um i think particularly the uh there's a descriptive narration job that i did fairly recently where it was uh it was a very heavy um action movie which means that with action everything's being described and i, I can get into the what it is that i do specifically but it was a it was a pretty challenging uh script as far as the uh not only the quantity of words, but the the amount of cues and and working around the dialogue and uh, there with it, I found I was in the flow. And after the after the session was over, the time had just flown by. I had I had no idea that we had finished the whole movie in a pretty relatively fast time, but it was a few hours, and uh, I it, it felt like fifteen minutes. And that kind of experience is so rewarding. I, I, I was really happy with that. Now, you just mentioned descriptive narration. Now, for those who don't know what that is, bringing these movies to life and being able to, you know, provide that for that movie, that excitement and more, and really bringing all the surrounding areas and bringing all of this to life for those that are visually impaired to enjoy the films as well. Now, what is it like doing this type of voice work? And maybe explain a little bit more to our listeners who don't exactly get what I'm talking about when I talk about descriptive narration, because it truly is unique, different, and something brand and new in the field? Oh, great question. So uh, I think uh, descriptive narration is a, a unique form of narration. You know when you watch a movie or a TV show and, and you're seeing what's happening, what I do is I narrate those parts that you see for the blind and the visually impaired so that they can see the movie, they can enjoy the movie too. It's, it's describing the visuals of a TV show or a movie for the blind or visually impaired. Um, it's almost like turning a uh, a feature or a TV show into an audio book. And what it does is it's a special audio track that they can turn on. So, um, for example, if you go to the movies, uh, you can ask for a special wireless headset so you can listen along. And um, streaming services, they also have a special audio channel that you can turn on too. It's, it's kind of like, um, it's similar to turning on closed captioning or dubbed voices for international films. And you can listen to a whole movie with all the original audio elements. So uh, uh, what I do is I'm, I'm given a script. It's pre-written for me. And uh, in the script, it's, uh, it's specifically for all the action. So um, 
and interrupt me if I'm talking too much here, but it's just so exciting. I can't stop. So the, uh, with the script, they, they give cues like, uh, time code, um, which, uh, when I'm watching the screen of the film with all the audio in my headset while reading the script that they gave me. So, uh, I see the, uh, the time code, which is a cue for me to start talking, or they'll give me a, an audio cue. There'll be an explosion. And after the explosion, and then I stop, start talking. Or there's the, the end of a dialogue cue. And the idea is that my descriptive narration doesn't interrupt the experience of the, the movie. So I'm not going to talk over dialogue or I'm not going to talk over things that, um, that someone might need to hear. But um, if it's important to note that, uh, you know, someone put down a remote control on a table because that comes back in the story later, I'll say he puts down the remote. And it's, it's as simple as that. It's, um, it's giving the, um, the description of what's happening on screen. Well, you know, and with that, you mentioned that you aren't going to disrupt the entire film. It just enhances the experience for those who are going to benefit from this type of feature in the movie. Now, you know, you have to bring this movie to life beyond just the actors. So in doing this type of work, do you find yourself watching the movies in a different way now? You're, you know, you're sitting there, you're in your living room, you're watching a movie, and you start to narrate parts in your head while you're watching them? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think it's it's less about the experience of narration and more about the feel of the movie. The um, one of the things that I love to focus on is is uh, allowing myself to be a part of the story without being the spotlight. So this particular kind of narration, the spotlight's not on me. I don't want attention. I don't want attention brought to me. I want to be a part of the story. So what I try to do is match the tone of the genre. So if it's uh, I do a lot of horror and scary films. I do a lot of um, action uh, as well. And the um, the idea is to to be a part of that without getting in the way of of the story at all. Now, you did mention that you do a lot of horror. And I myself, I do like horror aside from, you know, Disney and the fun and fluffy. But in doing this type of narration, you know, are you ever sitting there like, the girl is running down a green grassy hill and smiling. And then the next day you have to switch gears, flip that switch and pretty much just jump right into it and be like, he's pulling out a rusty knife and slowly creeping behind a door. I mean, what is it like to, you know, kind of flip that switch and have to do something different? I mean, I guess on a more kid friendly scope of this, you did do that for the toy story of terror as well. Gotcha. Okay. Got it. Um, well, one of the, uh, it's a good example with, um, uh, Toy Story of Terror. That was a, uh, a short that I, uh, that I worked on. And, you know, that's a, it's Toy Story, so it's fun and playful, but there are some kind of suspenseful moments, but it's, it's also not gonna be, uh, super scary. So the idea is to get into the, uh, what I'm hearing is, you, yeah, you kind of get into the, to the vibe of the, the film. I, I love to use music, um, to get me into, uh, a certain tone, so to speak. So if I know I'm going into an action adventure, I'll listen to a certain kind of music that gets me into that pumped up, uh, almost like workout music. And if I'm doing some sort of suspenseful, scary thing like Get Out, then it's a, it's a little more, more mysterious, like what's going on? And, and there's, uh, there's certain kinds of classical music that I love to get into with that. So uh, each of these things kind of keep, keep the flow going. Um, and uh, it, it, there's a better way to say it uh let me see if i can find it there have been times when i first started doing this 
where the director would bring it down a little bit. Um, especially with descriptive narration, it's, uh, like I said, it's not, the spotlight's not on me. It's about telling the story. So what I want to do is keep the, uh, uh, keep, I, I feel like I'm kind of repeating myself. I'm trying to find the words here, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it is, a, it's a little more subtle. Now, like you said, changing and getting into that mindset can be a challenge. It can be easy depending on the project. Now, this is something new and different in video service and things that they're adding to a lot of Blu-rays and digital releases and copies. And you're super busy now in the booth. And, you know, as people are going to add this, you know, to many of those options, it, you have to be busy with this now. And so many discs coming out, TV shows and more, you know, like Jurassic World, network sitcoms and so much more. Are you just like slammed nonstop working on these types of projects? <laughs> I love it when it keeps coming. Uh, currently, I'm on three different TV shows, and each of those shows has how many episodes. So um, once the what I call my TV season starts, um, I'm working pretty much uh, uh, two to three times per week for those particular shows. And then on top of that, any other features that come in, plus other kinds of voiceover work that come in. And then on top of that, I also have... Um, uh, representatives that send me auditions for other work. So throughout the day, I'm getting auditions that are due uh, as late as next day and usually are due as soon as possible. So, you know, for a, if I'm working on a movie, um, throughout that recording session, I'm, I'm on a break and checking my emails and seeing, oh, I've got two more auditions that are due uh, by the end of the day or there's one audition that's due and it's it's during my break, my lunch break. So during my lunch break, I'll go out to my car and uh, plug in my portable mic and send some auditions in. So it's uh, it does feel like it gets um, ongoing <laughs> pretty consistently. And I, I do my best every month just to give myself a day off if I can to uh, to kind of turn off the phone and and uh, give myself a break. And like I said, I love what I do. So that that keeps the energy going, but. I definitely need that that break at least once a month just to take a day and and uh appreciate some trees or go for a hike or <laughs> watch a watch a TV show without thinking about uh, anything else. You know, and everybody needs that break, you know, to defeat the burnout. You know, these auditions are coming your way. You need that break. You need to take that that breather, of course. But like you said, all these auditions are coming your way beyond just narration and commercials. Now, do you ever get auditions for some items that are, you know, on your bucket list? You're just like, they're, they're coming in. You're like, yes, that is one I definitely wanted to work on. Or specific promos or products and projects or people that you've really wanted to work with or maybe even a character of some sort yeah there's um uh particularly with descriptive narration i'm looking forward to expanding that even more it's uh that kind of work is so rewarding for me it's it's definitely in my wheelhouse i i do love it so uh whenever those opportunities come up i just i just get i, I get so excited with um with promo work that's also something that's uh that i found seems to be popping up a lot. The, the kinds of auditions that I've been getting uh, the equivalent of callbacks for and and bookings. Uh, so promos are commercials for TV shows. That seems to be something that's uh, that's coming up. And I, I do love that kind of work. And it's the same sort of short turnaround. I need to be ready in my studio. And, and uh, I see that being a really good fit. 
And with everything being a short turnaround period, you know, with acting, sometimes in the studio, sometimes in your home in pajamas, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer that, you know, midnight, I'm drinking coffee, I'm in my pajamas recording? Or do you prefer that stepping into the studio, seeing everybody, big smiles on everybody's faces in the morning? <laughs> it's a, it is a combination. And anytime there's an opportunity to go into a studio, I love being able to look somebody and smile and shake their hand. If that's if that kind of connection means something um uh and you know i do send a lot of uh audio files through email and i've got several clients of mine that i've never met in person that have only been an email address and uh so it is a combination um but like i said i do prefer the in-person but if somebody needs something right away i am so happy to turn it around as quick as i can and that email that comes back it's like wow you got that done already i'm like yeah yeah i Let's get this going here. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's funny with the home studio. And then, like I said, I have a portable studio that I use. And then um, uh, throughout Los Angeles, there's all sorts of studios that uh, can be rented out for uh, for other projects. And with that, too, sometimes in person, sometimes at home. Now, with that, you have caught this bug, you know, since kicking it off at the MGM Studios, the great movie ride. Would you ever love to be connected to an attraction, fireworks show, parade, you know, just be there as part of the theme parks? (laughs) It's funny. There's been a a few times where I've done auditions for theme park voices, and uh, there's a few people that I know that are involved in that. And... Again, it's I, I really believe it's just a matter of time that one of those things are, are going to pop, if that's what you're asking. But yeah, that'd be great. You know, it's one of those things where people are used to hearing your voices on commercials, narration. Why not add you to the thousands and thousands of people in a theme park, right? <laughs> now, people always tell me how close this industry is. Now that, you know, people are so close together. Now, there are those fellow voice actors that you love to work with, alongside with, people you get excited that you might hear that you're going to be working with one day. You know, do you maybe have some of those people that you admire, you look up to, you love watching them work, and they're that true inspiration to you, and you're in awe in the field when you see them, and you're like, wow, they really nailed this craft. Absolutely, and I think that's part of the... um uh like I, I, I haven't said this explicitly, but I'm really lucky. There's a, I've been lucky to be at the right place at the right time, and a lot of that has to do with being prepared, of course. But you know, it, it, there's definitely a, <laughs> it's a little bit of a dice roll. So, uh, um, but to answer your question, yeah, I think part of the reason that I was ready when those lucky opportunities arrived was because of mentors that I did seek them out and I did reach out to people that uh, were doing what what I love and the surprising thing was a lot of my assumptions about what their lives were like were kind of reversed it was like oh I assumed that this is what life would be like but it's actually according to them it's more different it's more like this so you know I go into it thinking oh life is XYZ and they're saying no it's ABC and uh, that helped shift expectations, and it also changed how I approached my career. So I, uh, when I look up to people, I, I, can, uh, I can meet with them one-on-one for a coffee, or I, can, uh, I could hear their work, or I can see what they've done, or watch some of their interviews, and that feeds me. It's been, um, you know, first of all, it saves me from 
making a lot of mistakes in my career. I, I make hundreds of mistakes, but these people save me from thousands of mistakes <laughs> going going off in a different direction. So uh, it's neat to hear how they've approached their career and to see uh, some of my peers in the current positions that they are. It's um, I really look up to them. It's um, it's it's uh, it's very supportive. Uh, environment within voiceover. A lot of people use the word competition, but uh, uh, I see the competition being, am I better now than I was yesterday? That The competition is more internal. I, I covered way too much in, to answer your question there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is perfect. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, you're so excited to be part of this industry that you just light up, you want to talk about it, you want to grow, you want to learn, you want to achieve new heights. Now, are there any projects that you can hint us to that you're going to be working on coming up, uh, things that you can really let us let us in on? Or are you pretty much, you know, we're just going to have to wait to hear it because of all those non-disclosures? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, there's, a, there's a few projects that they're going to be coming down the road road in the very near future that I can't wait to share. Uh, and I, I try my best to, uh, I'm a lot more active on social media in the last uh, few weeks, so I'll, I'll be sure to keep those uh, those those updated. But um, uh, recently I've been on, um, uh, for the descriptive narration side, there's uh, Skyscraper, uh, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, uh, that's, that's probably uh, uh, not as current, um, and Slender Man, uh, it's a horror film coming out. So we are going to be able to hear you on the horizon and in the future and many other places. But one thing we didn't touch base on is your on-screen credits. Now, you do like to get in front of the camera as well. And how different is it being in front of the camera than behind the mic? Ah, gotcha. There's, uh, let's bring it back to Disney. One of my first national network commercials was for a, a Disney, uh, a Walt Disney World commercial. And it coincided with while I was working at the, at the parks. And, uh, that ran for a good year and a half. It was, uh, that was pretty exciting. I was a, a bellhop at one of the, um, hotels. Uh, and then, uh, there's another, there's another film that I was in that, uh, I got to work with some, um, some pretty fun, uh, fun talents. And it was, uh, that was a really good experience. It's called Exit Speed. Um, and being behind the camera is very different, but being around the mic is truly home for you as it seems so far. Now, in closing here, you have many projects in the works, and you know I'm going to have to give many a listen now. I'm just going to have to click descriptive narration now more often. Leave the room just so I can hear your voice. I can kind of enjoy the movie while I'm doing dishes in the kitchen. You never know. I'm going to be like, I know that guy. <laughs> and uh, i got to jump on that. One of my biggest exciting things that's happening with descriptive narration is, you know, with the popularity of podcasts that, you know, people are commuting and they want to stay occupied. This is a great way to, to safely catch up on your shows or, or uh, uh, listen to a movie while you drive or do other things. So it's the more opportunities that people get excited about, even outside of the, the, uh, uh, the blind and visually impaired community, the more opportunities are going to give to the uh, to that community because people are going to want more content. So uh, I, I really see this uh, this growing. It's a it's a really exciting place. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop by, Roy. It was a fantastic time having you stop in, take this trip through your career, going back to your Disney days into the future, things like Toy Story of Terror, so much more. So in signing off, do you have any lasting words for those you know tuning in whose lives you've touched and you may not even know it through the, your years of working in this industry? I, uh, my biggest thing right now is, uh, having a growth mindset that, uh, 
when it comes to uh, a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, the growth mindset is filled with so much curiosity and, and uh, it's kind of a different perception on, on the word failure that uh, I've, I've been looking at that and seeing it pretty much everywhere. So uh, I'm not sure if they, <laughs> I don't know if I could put this on a bumper sticker or not, but uh, having a growth mindset has, has definitely been something that's, uh, that's affected me so much for the better. Very cool. And it was our pleasure having you stop in. I look forward to hearing you in the future and taking this time again today, stopping in with all of us. And I look forward to more descriptive narration and more. And I'm going to hold off to, you know, hear those voices in the parks from you. So thank you once again, Roy, for stopping in and chatting with us. And, you know, you're welcome back anytime. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Great to talk with you. Take a look at me If the picture fits in your memory I've been dreaming by the rhythm Like the beat of a heart And I won't stop Until I start to stand out
Cisco kebunju bu 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 bu. Give me a big smile. around. In an outrageous full-length animated feature. We'll spend some real quality time together. I think I'm going to be sick. Walt Disney Pictures presents. Come on. This is going to be fun. The story of a father who couldn't be closer. What the spirit Maxie? Hey, God, this is embarrassing. To driving his son crazy. This is pathetic. Now, they're getting a crash course in becoming best friends. It's Bigfoot! Could you back up a bit, Mr. Foot? Uh, you're out of focus. This spring, one of Disney's favorite classic characters lands at theaters in the most hilarious It's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. And hippest animated musical comedy ever. A little smoked A goofy movie. Morning, son. Dad. It's hard to be cool when your dad is goofy. You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic romp once again, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Roy Samuelson for stopping in. Your voice is all over the place, from descriptive narration, television commercials, you name it, and I know that we're going to be hearing more from you in the upcoming years especially with that service becoming more and more of a standard on all those Blu-ray discs and digital releases. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Jeremy, Dominic, Michael, and Aaron all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without you, there would be no show. It would be me rambling week in and week out. So thank you, the D-team, for stopping in. And remember to connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com. And finally, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we do this show. You are the reason we are coming up on our 10-year anniversary here at Diz Radio. You truly are the magic, the wonders, the reason why we do this show for the last almost 10 years. So thank you, the D-Heads, for tuning in. Now, next week, we're going to continue our tromp into June. We have lots of fun guests lined up all summer long. And fear now, Summerween is coming very, very soon. So get ready. It is coming. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in next week, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash radio. 
join up right there. You can also join our fitness club. Yes, the Diz Ninjas on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. It is super easy. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, magical, different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly as soon as the show gets released, it's super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our show. You hit subscribe, and right there you get the latest shows as they get released on your device, your iPhone, your Android, you name it. And you can hear our voices as soon as the show gets released. And if you can't remember any of this because I like to talk fast, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and all the links are there as well. All right, all of you D-Heads, so with that said, we're closing out here at the show. We've had a fun romp all show long here this week. Lots of fun things that were going on. Roy stopping in, and of course, a little bit of a birthday celebration for my youngest princess of my four kids. Yes, it is hard to believe that my youngest of all my children is now seven years old. That amazes me. So with that said, as we kick into summer, as I always mention, take time, slow down. Never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. Memories are those moments in time. You can always make the money. So take that time. Slow down. Make the magic. Make the memories. Definitely make life count. So until next week, all VD heads, have fun. Make the magic and uh, have a fantastic kickoff into summer. Until next week, all VD heads, make it magical. Upon a star Makes no difference Who you are Anything your heart desires Will come to you If your heart is in your dreams No request is Sweet fulfillment of their secret love. Oh, like a bolt out of the blue. Fate steps in and sees you through when you wish upon a star. Your dream comes true.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.